like that. Hello, one and all, and welcome to this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Oh, my goodness. We are here and excited to host another episode in 2022. Let's give a round of applause for 2022 so far. We have had no incidents to report yet. No real incidents to report. That is all positive at this point in time. Other than the fact there's snow on the ground, which took place, didn't have, didn't need to have any towards the latter stage of 2021. No, 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 no. We waited to crap all over Iowa on the 1st of January, and now the snow, it is, you know, nicely starting to melt away, which, you know, is beautiful. I, I personally, now that I don't need to push snow anymore, I like snow. I have no real issues with it. I'm not a massive fan of it. I don't go out and build forts anymore. I'm grown up now. I'm 24. I don't do that anymore, Mom. But it's nice. It's nice to look at. It's pretty. It's nice when the sun comes in in the morning and it glistens off the snow, off the trees. Oh, it looks so great. And then you get onto the roads and go, oh, this is garbage. You got the the black snow, the disgusting ice that's all, or the salt that gets all over your car, gets like ingrained into the metal and the paint of your car. Miserable. Absolutely miserable. And I don't know why I'm talking about the snow right now. Maybe it's just because... I looked out the window and was like, oh yeah, it's snowing. It was snowing outside. And then my room, which is in the basement, as most of you should know at this point in time, is cold because basements normally are colder than upstairs. It is freezing down here. It is a frigid, frigid atmosphere down here in the Logan Blackman Show studio. But before we get into the warmer stuff of today's show, let us make sure to cover the housekeeping stuff first. Make sure you go and follow The Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and of course, since you're listening to it right now, make sure you're following on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and give a rating out of five stars on Apple Podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it. The show Twitter account doesn't really exist anymore. I guess it's, it technically exists, but I haven't used it in forever, so follow me on my personal account, Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram, we've got a show account and a personal account. Blackman Logan's the personal account. The Logan Blackman Show 1 with the numero uno at the end of it is the show's Instagram account, the Facebook page, search Logan Blackman Show, YouTube, same thing. And obviously, like I already said, you're listening to the show right now, so make sure you're following the Logan Blackman Show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And again, give us a rating out of five stars on Apple Podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it. Share the episode. Do whatever you want with it. It's going to be a fun episode today. And the thing that I want to start off with, I guess it's not really that fun to talk about for some people, but last night, Monday Night Football, I watched the the Cleveland Browns take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Brown Steelers, one of the oldest rivalries in the NFL for including the old Browns, because I know that the Browns, the old one, moved to Baltimore. They are the Baltimore Ravens now. And the Browns, I guess, the current Browns technically have the history of the old Browns, where it's like they move, but they're like, ah, we'll keep all the history and stuff in Cleveland. But it, that, that whole thing's a, you, another mess that we're not really going to get into at this point. <laughs> it's not really something that you know, makes a lot of sense. So you can't just go, yeah, we're going to move this, but we're going to keep... It's like moving a house. Like, let's say I'm going to move across town or something. Me and my family are like picking up and we're moving. But the thing is, we're going to leave all of our current stuff in the house... But we're going to go to the other place and start new. But whoever buys this house, the one I'm currently in, they get all of our stuff that we just had. Does that make sense? Does that really make sense? 
No, but you know what? That's what the Cleveland Browns did. Every single relocation you can think of in sports history, whether it's the Winnipeg Jets, whether it's the Tennessee the Houston Oilers, regardless of what the team is, the history gets thrown away once that team relocates because the team that is now... So, like, for the Oilers, they are now the Tennessee Titans. The Houston Texans don't own anything for the Houston Oilers. Like, a few years ago when the NFL let you do fun throwback uniforms, like in the mid-2000s, late-2000s, you saw the Tennessee Titans rocking Houston Oilers stuff. You don't see the Titan or the, the Texans rocking Houston Oilers stuff. No, because they don't own it because, you know what? You can't just pick up and then leave and then say, you know what, you keep the stuff here. But that's, that's what the Browns did. That's exactly what the Browns did. And you know what? I'm a-okay with it. Because the Browns were one of the first teams in the NFL. The Hall of Fame's in Canton, which is not too far away from Cleveland. I have been to the, the Hall of Fame, a, no, I almost said a few times, I've been to it once. But I've been there. It ain't that far away from Cleveland. So the fact that they were even allowed to move in the first place is ridiculous. And that coaching staff they had on that last rounds team, like the ones I could think of at the top of my head, you had Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, Kirk Ferentz, you had Jim Schwartz, you had a plethora of very, very good coaches on this one coaching staff for a pretty <laughs> average to below average team spearheaded by the legendary 30-year NFL career of Vinny Testaverde. No, it wasn't 30 years. It just felt like it. I never thought the dude would retire. He came in the league in like 1984 and retired in like, I don't know, it feels like last year. <laughs> I remember I had him on Madden 2003 with Marshall Falk on the cover. I had it on the PC, old school, Windows 90, 98. I believe we had that computer up until a few years ago. Like we rocked this computer forever. And Vinny Testaverde was on the Jets at the time, and that's when the Jets were trying to be good or thought they were going to be good for sort of a weird portion of time. And then, you know, typical Jets fashion never actually did anything. But we're back. We're talking about the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So on the happy note, happy side of this game, was Ben Roethlisberger's last game in Pittsburgh. And I know that might that's not the happy side. It's the, the fact the Steelers won in his last game in, in Heinz Field. Now, for those of you who are unaware for the whole situation, or didn't grow up in the same time that I did, or are older, you grew up watching Brett Favre. Brett Favre retired about, I don't know, 20 times throughout his 40-year NFL career? Like, I remember there was a commercial during, I think it was the Saints-Colts Super Bowl, where it was Brett Favre talking about, I'm going to retire. I don't know. He's got a holographic trophy. The trophy is named after him for the Super Bowl trophy, and he's still playing... And he's not sure if he's going to retire. Brett Favre, I think, retired a grand total, technically, like, actually retired thrice. He retired from the Packers the first time, then tried to come back, and they were like, yeah, no, uh, we've played this game too many times with Aaron Rodgers. We're going to try and actually give this kid a shot. And it turns out it went, it went pretty well for the Packers, I'd say. You look like they got an upgrade on the situation. And then he goes to the Jets because they won't, tra they won't trade him to a division rival, as per... But they're not going to let him go and sign wherever they want. So he goes to the Jets, retires to get out of that contract, and then signs with the Vikings. Uh, <laughs> has pretty nice success with the Vikings. And then retires there. I don't know if he signed like a 10-day contract to retire with the Packers in the end of things. But it wouldn't really surprise me. But he toyed with the idea of retirement, it felt like, every other day. And for the 2004 NFL draft class, the year before Aaron Rodgers got drafted in 2005, you had Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger. Eli and Phillip retired first. 
But Big Bent has toyed with the idea of retirement, it feels like, for the better part of a decade. Like, out of the three Hall of Fame, or potential Hall of Fame quarterbacks that are in this draft class, Ben was the last one to retire? That's just weird to me. I feel like Ben has said he's thought about retiring his entire career. Great career, won two Super Bowls, never had a losing season throughout his career, because as we said, the, the Steelers beat the Browns last night. So they are 8-7-1 right now because, remember, they, they tie with the Lions. So they're not going to finish below 500. The worst they can do is be 500. Which is crazy. Like, Big Ben has been in the NFL for 18 years. I've been alive for 24. <laughs> so every year of my life, apart from six, Big Ben has been on the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was basically the same with Eli Manning on the Giants and Phillip Rivers on the Chargers and then that one odd year with the Colts where they almost beat the Bills in the playoffs. Thankfully, the Bills came through and won their first playoff game my entire life. So it all worked out. <laughs> but man, I never thought that after just watching these three play throughout their entire careers, uh, I guess we forgot one more Hall of Fame. I mean, J.P. Lossman was in that quarterback class as well, so we got to include him because you're going to go over the history of the 2004 draft class. You got to go over all the quarterbacks that we talk about and J.P. Lossman's in there. And we'll talk about the other quarterback that played on Monday Night Football and the quarterback class he's in compared to all those people. So, yeah, we'll talk about that one in a little bit. But I just feel like Ben's retired a lot <laughs> over his career. He's had a few scandals here and there in Pittsburgh. And they were saying <laughs> during, the, during the broadcast last night, Big Ben has battled some immaturities throughout his Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I would say so. We're not going to go into the nitty-gritty of what Big Ben did to call, classify as immaturities, but let's just put it like this. It wasn't ideal. Let's just put it like that, okay? Okay, good, good, good. But it was cool. I mean, my my dad's side of the family, his brother and his family, are they're Steelers fans, so I, I guess it's kind of cool for them. My dad, his dad grew up, he was a Steelers fan. My dad hated the Steelers. Why? Because his dad liked the Steelers. <laughs> so I didn't really have, like, any overarching emo overarching emotions last night watching it because Brian Greasy on the broadcast like oh I just got chills it was cool watching Ben take the final knee in Tynes Field watch them celebrate with the fans but I was like eh click TV off don't care <laughs> that doesn't really affect me anymore but it's gonna be weird I'm getting to the point now in my life where every quarterback or every player that I grew up watching is either reaching retirement or has retired already like we had Peyton Manning retire which was weird you had Eli Manning retire. You have Phillip Rivers retiring. Now you have potentially Ben retiring. Because I would say there's probably an 80% chance he's retired. 80%. Because he's done this before. So I don't... He should have retired last year. And then said, we're going to come back. And he didn't say this is his last NFL game. He said it was his last game in Heinz Field. Because even though they do have a game next week against the Baltimore Ravens, Ben did not say he's retiring technically unless I haven't seen it, which is probably a good shout. I don't really follow a lot of Steelers things on Twitter or any other form of social media, so I don't, I don't know. But then you got him retiring, but it's just, we're getting weird. Rodgers getting older. Matt Ryan's getting older. Matt Stafford's getting older. I don't think Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford are really that close to retirement near Aaron Rodgers, but actually I take that back on Aaron Rodgers. I, I, Aaron Rodgers could play... Jeez, five more years of very, very good football, but I wouldn't honestly be too surprised if he retired given the the weird relationship that he's had with the Packers front office ever since, I don't know, his entire career, it feels like. 
where the Brett Favre thing, and then you've got all the cutting and releasing and trading of players that he wanted to keep, the fact that they kind of keep him in the dark, the fact that his defense has never really been the most quote-unquote elite of defenses, the fact they haven't drafted a wide receiver in the first round since 2002, there's a lot of things that Aaron Rodgers could probably be a little upset about in Green Bay. And then you got the awesome people on Twitter. like, oh, you signed the contract. You're a player. Why do you think you have this much role? You're the starting quarterback of an NFL team. You should have a little bit of a say in what things go on with the team that you were supposed to lead. He didn't like Mike McCarthy either. Because remember, Mike McCarthy, for those of you who didn't know, was the offensive coordinator of the 49ers when they drafted Alex Smith over Aaron Rodgers. So the relationship was never really that great from the beginning with Mike McCarthy once he eventually took over the head coaching job of the Green Bay Packers. There was not a great relationship there. And I had a friend text me the other day, Tom, or yesterday, he texted me yesterday about what's Aaron Rodgers' future going to look like in Green Bay. And I personally, given what has gone on with Aaron Rodgers recently, I wouldn't be surprised if he stayed. It seems like everything's starting to fix itself a little bit. Like, and, and people are going to want Jordan Love to, like, what does Jordan Love do? Jordan Love must suck. Why is he not playing? But Rodgers didn't play for three years. Phillip Rivers didn't play for about two or three years. It's like, it takes time for these quarterbacks. But since we, we've talked about this before, since we have had quarterbacks like Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow ball out right off the gate, you're going to want, these people are going to be like, oh, well, we got to see Jordan Love. You drafted him, not only drafted him, you traded up to get Jordan Love. And then proceeded to go the rest of the draft without drafting a single wide receiver. Drafted A.J. Dillon, which in hindsight has worked out, but at the time it was like, why'd you draft a backup running back to Aaron Jones when you need a wide receiver? You drafted one this year whose initials are A. Rodgers. That had to be some sort of shot at Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) It's Amari Rodgers, who... Should turn out to be a fine receiver in the NFL once everything gets settled there. But I wouldn't be surprised if he retired. But I don't know. I, the Broncos, I think, are like the most logical place for him to go. I know he wanted to go to the 49ers. That was his dream destination, but they refused to trade for him and declined the trade for him. I mean, he traded up to number three. Can't really go out and trade for Aaron Rodgers. Like if we're talking about the financial side of things, they paid a lot to move up to number three. So it wouldn't have really been the smartest move to send a whole lot of draft picks to get a 38-year-old quarterback, even though that quarterback is a future Hall of Famer and one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. So it's a give and take here. Like, yes, you get Aaron Rodgers, who's, again, one of the top five quarterbacks ever. But on the other hand, he's 38 years old. But on the other hand, he might win MVP this year. So... Who knows? But I, my gut at this point in time tells me Aaron Rodgers staying. If he didn't leave last year, I don't really know if he'll leave, especially with the talk of the Packers wanting to give this 38-year-old quarterback a massive contract extension that's supposed to be somewhere around Mahomes' money, which financially doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But you know what? It's whatever. You get to keep Aaron Rodgers, so they'll probably do it. But Jordan Love, just we talked about this a few weeks ago when he lost to the Chiefs. Wait for Jordan Love. Don't go out there and bash Jordan Love because we haven't seen him yet. We haven't really seen him. You saw him one game against the Kansas City Chiefs who have gone to back-to-back Super Bowls and has their defense has improved as the year has gone on. And his first ever start on a 3 o'clock kickoff game where the whole country's watching you because you're the game of the week. Give Jordan Love some time. Jordan Love has all the tools to be a very, very, very good quarterback in the NFL. A very good one. 
Like, he has insane arm talent. He's athletic. I'm not saying he's like Michael Vick or Lamar Jackson with his movements, but he can move. It's not like he's a statue. Dude can move very, very well. Can contort his body to make throws however he wants, contort his arm. Like, there was a throw he had against the Vikings on Sunday after the Packers were, you know, obliterating the Minnesota Vikings with Sean Mannion. That looked like an Aaron Rodgers-esque throw. It wasn't like a deep ball over the middle, but it was a nice sidearm pass to the sideline. Jordan Love's got talent. Jordan Love has got some talent. And I'll talk about Aaron Rodgers and his throwing ability. I told, I've thought this for a while, and I told one of my friends, Andrew, on Monday when we were watching the Packers-Vikings game, Aaron Rodgers, and I don't think this is outlandish at all. I would, I would be hard-pressed to find someone that does it better. Aaron Rodgers is the best back foot thrower in NFL history. Best back foot thrower in the entire history of the NFL. Like, it's it's ridiculous how consistent he is with it. And it doesn't even seem like he underthrows anybody. When he's throwing off his back foot, he's leading receivers. The touch on his footballs is insane. It should be it should be illegal. <laughs> it should really well be illegal. I, I don't know any other quarterbacks that can do it with that consistency. I guess if you're talking about pure arm talent, you got like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, they can make back foot throws too, but not as consistency consistently as Aaron Rodgers does. It's ridiculous. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, when he's on, and he's on all the time, it feels like, is one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. If I had to make a power rankings list of my top five favorite quarterbacks to watch in the NFL when they are on it, Rodgers is on there. Josh Allen's on there. I hate Mahomes, but Mahomes is definitely on there. Lamar Jackson's another one, and then we got Kyler Murray. Those are my... out. Of, if I could watch any quarterback in the NFL, those are the five quarterbacks that I will go... I want to watch this guy. Now, if we're talking about, like, fourth quarter, I want to watch Tom Brady. But if I'm just sitting around and I'm going, I want to watch quarter. Justin Herbert's up there as well. Joe Burrow is a lot of fun to watch. Like, the Bengals are an insanely fun team to watch. I do not really want to go to Cincinnati in the playoffs right now with the way they're playing, with how good they are even running the ball. They have 2,000-yard receivers in T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, who just broke Justin Jefferson's rookie record and has 13 touchdowns. And has an insane... He has more... What was the stat I saw on Twitter the other day? Do I, did I take a screenshot of it? I don't know if I did or not. But it's something where he has like eight touchdowns. Of, oh, there. No, that's not it. He has eight touchdowns or something of 20 plus yards, which is more than like almost every team in the NFL. That's stupid. And we said going into the draft that Jamar Chase, the, the only person that took votes from Rookie of the Year from Justin Herbert last year was Jamar Justin Jefferson. Jamar Chase, when they were both at LSU, was better than Justin Jefferson by a lot. And the yards were close, but Justin Jefferson was that guy. He was the dog in that group. And he's balling out in the NFL. Exactly what we said in the draft process. Like, Jamar Chase is was the right pick at the time, and even now is the right pick now, and he is easily the offensive rookie of the year. This might be the first ever unanimous offensive and defensive rookie of the year votings ever. Jamar Chase and Micah Parsons. I don't think there's a case for really anybody else. I guess Mac Jones, maybe, but these past couple weeks, he's faltered like freaking crazy. You saw the game against the Colts, the second game against the Bills. Like, Jamar Chase hasn't had a down week like that. Jamar Chase has been the best receiver in the draft and has been that for a while. Jalen Waddell, I think, is really, really close to setting a new record for reception in the season by a rookie. 
And we said Jalen Waddle was the second best receiver in the draft. And I stand by that now. Jalen Waddle is a monster too. These guys are awesome. And I wish I still had the screenshot, but if you remember, we talked about this last year during the draft process where people try to come up with draft bust predictions. And I remember one in particular had Micah Parsons and Jalen Waddle on it. What? <laughs> if I'm a if I'm voting, I would probably say Jalen Waddle is third in the rookie of the year voting behind Jamar Chase and Mac Jones. And unless I'm forgetting somebody in the rookie of the year voting for offense. Defense is a wash. I mean, Micah Parsons is in the running for winning defensive player of the year, let alone winning defensive rookie of the year. And while we're on the topic of that, I mean, this has gone way off topic when what we were really going to talk about. We are going to talk about Baker Mayfield and the Browns, but Trayvon Diggs is an interesting candidate for me for rookie or defensive player of the year because he leads the league in interceptions. Okay, that's fair. That's, that's a good good stat here. Like right now, he has 11 interceptions. That's awesome. He's given up over 1,000 yards this season. So he's like the very definition of a boomer bust player. To me, I'm not giving him the Defense Player of the Year award. I'm not. To me, there's only two people that I'm really considering for this, and that's Miles Garrett and TJ Watt. TJ Watt will break the all-time sack record next week. He's at 21 and a half. The record's 22 and a half. He needs two sacks. He got like five last night against the Cleveland Browns. And with the Baltimore Ravens, or he got four. He got four sacks last night. And with the Baltimore Ravens and their shifting offensive line and their weak offensive line play all year, in a possibly hobbled Lamar Jackson, like, he's getting that. He might have three on Sunday. I'd be pretty surprised if he didn't have, like, multiple, multiple sacks on Sunday night football. Or when is this game? Steelers, when is that game? Uh, just a 12 o'clock game. Baltimore's the favorite, but hey. T.J. Watt will break the record. So, with that, I think T.J. Watt has to be the defensive player of the year this year. Has to be. And for MVP, we talked about Aaron Rodgers. I think it's Jonathan Taylor. Because if you look at Jonathan Taylor this year, Jonathan Taylor leads the NFL in rushing yards with 1,734. The next closest is Joe Mixon at 12.05. Jonathan Taylor, in just yards after contact, has 12.13. He's leading the NFL in rushing two times over. If you do total yards, and if you do his yards after contact, he's leading the NFL in rushing yards. He's got 18 rushing touchdowns this year, which leads the NFL. Like, it's Jonathan Taylor, and I'm obviously, I'm a little biased because of the fact that he scored five touchdowns on the Buffalo Bills. But then if you look at his average yards per carry, 5.5 yards per carry, if you look at anybody else in the top 20, and we're excluding quarterbacks on this, he leads the NFL in that. If you're just talking about top 20 in yards in rushing yards, total rushing yards. And he leads the league in rushing yards. <laughs> if you have a high average per game, like two rushes is the first down for Jonathan Taylor. Like it's re- it's stupid. He averages 108 yards a game. <laughs> and I know there's going to be shouts for like Cooper Cup in there as well. But if you took Cooper Cup out of the Rams, I think the Rams would be fine. If you took Jonathan Taylor out of the Colts, the Colts aren't anywhere near what they are right now. Like, against the Patriots, Carson Wentz completed five passes. <laughs> like, and he didn't play very well against the Raiders last week when they lost 23-20. Like, Carson Wentz went 16-27, and there was one point he was, like, one for eight. Like, he would, did not play very well last week against the, the Raiders. So, I think Jonathan Taylor is the most valuable 
player in regards to a team and their success. Like, I throw Josh Allen there. If we're talking about total yards, Josh Allen is the highest percentage of total yards per team in the NFL. He has 81% of the Bills' total yards. So, if we're talking about most valuable, if you took someone out, Josh Allen would be up there as well. The Packers' division stinks. So, you could say that the Packers would win the division without Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that's an outlandish statement. I'm not trying to take away anything from Aaron Rodgers, but I would give Jonathan Taylor the MVP. I, I think Aaron Rodgers' touchdowns, what he's done this year, has been cool. I think the lack of interceptions is insane. He has four interceptions this season. But Jonathan Taylor's the guy. Jonathan Taylor should get MVP this year. Like, and we're talking about total touchdowns. Like, Josh Allen has more than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> he has one less passing touchdown than him. Granted, he has 11 more interceptions than Aaron Rodgers. So I don't think Josh Allen will win. I'm not saying Josh Allen should win MVP. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that he should get at least some consideration for MVP this year, given how many yards he has towards the Bills' grand total yards this season, passing, rushing, all that stuff. 81%. That's ridiculous. He leads the league in rushing yards per attempt. So that's also another very cool thing. Uh, he's most games with 300 yards passing and 50 rushing yards. He's got five of those throughout his career. In NFL history, the only one that has more is Steve Young. He has more than Michael Vick, Russell Wilson, and Cam Newton. And he has 31 rushing touchdowns for his career, which I know doesn't have anything to do with this season. But for a career, he has more rushing touchdowns than a lot of players in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, I think he should be in consideration. He's not going to win. I think the top candidates for MVP are Rodgers, Brady, um, Jonathan Taylor, and Cooper Cup. I'd say Jonathan Taylor should win both, the Offensive Player of the Year and MVP. But based off recency, I don't think that will happen. I would imagine that Rodgers wins MVP and Jonathan Taylor wins Offensive Player of the Year. At least that's that's what I would like to see. In reality, it'll probably be Rodgers and Cooper Cup. But that's, I don't know. We'll have to see. I think Jonathan Taylor is the most valuable player per his team out of the real MVP candidates this season. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So those are my, I, I didn't really want to talk about this today, but that's kind of how the awards are shaping out for me anyways. I don't know what other ones we could really talk about. Coach of the Year, maybe. Uh, who else? Who's up there for Coach of the Year? I'm looking at the teams right now. Probably Cliff Kingsbury would be up there. Just because of the Cardinals and the expectation they had. They're the first team to win 10 games this year. Uh, anybody else? Maybe Matt LaFleur. He has like the most wins through his first four years in the NFL than anybody in NFL history. Or most wins through three years, or however many years he's been the Packers coach. Zach Taylor, I think, should definitely get a shout. The Bengals won the division when they were expected to finish last in the division. So maybe Zach Taylor. I'd probably give it to Zach Taylor. But yeah, I wasn't really planning on talking about that. We were going to talk about the Bengals-Ohio rival, the Cleveland Browns. After what just happened on Monday Night Football. What kind of stupid-ass tangent was that? That doesn't make any sense. We started the show talking about the Steelers-Browns game. And now, how long are we into the show? Almost a half hour in, we're finally talking about the Cleveland Browns. Finally talking about the Cleveland Browns. Okay, the Browns have to go down as one of the most disappointing teams in NFL history. For what the expectations were going into the season, they were seen as one of the most complete teams in the NFL. And after the draft, when you added Greg Newsom from Northwestern, Jeremiah Wosu-Koromoa from Notre Dame, you were seen as this powerhouse team. But then, Browns had a crap ton of injuries. Had really no wide receivers this year. So they battled, they've rotated the offensive linemen this year. They didn't have Jack Conklin for a lot of the year. So it's been hard. It's been hard. But this team should have been so much better than 7-9. and nine. And we have one more game left. Like, there's a chance they can, they're playing the Bengals, 
So we'll see how much the starters play for the Bengals, but at best, the Browns can go 8-9. This was a team that was supposed to be one of the best teams in the NFL. They had one of the best O-lines and the best run game in the NFL. You had a much improved defense. A lot of players you had injured last year were coming back. You added Jadavian Clowney this offseason to get a partner for Miles Garrett. You got Jeremiah Wosikormo in the second round, a freaking steal. Don't know how the hell that happened, but it did. And now they're sitting at 7-9. and nine. The hell is this? And after watching the Steelers game last night, Baker's not very good. <laughs> and I know we made fun of Baker Mayfield last year when Browns fans were like, the, the only QB I would trade Baker Mayfield for is maybe Patrick Mahomes. Maybe. And like, this is all coming from a standpoint of a fandom that has not had any success throughout my entire lifetime. They've been one of the worst teams in the NFL over a 20-year span. They are awful. If we're just including the, the resurgent Browns that came in in 99... Awful team. Awful, awful, awful team. They have had an insane number of quarterbacks. And Baker Mayfield gets drafted number one overall, which was seen as a reach at the time, is seen as a bigger reach now when you look at the other quarterbacks in the draft class, at least two of them in particular. And Baker, tough SOB, give him all the credit in the world. But man, if his play was anywhere as good as his progressive commercials, we might be having a completely different conversation here. But the Browns fans, the Baker Mayfield thing ain't working. That's done. If you look at what the Browns have on their team, they are a very complete team. The thing they're lacking is consistency from the quarterback position. It's the same thing that's going on with the Denver Broncos. But the, the Browns have a better run game and a better O-line. So there's really no excuses. The, the Broncos have better weapons out wide. That's about it. Secondary is probably better in Denver. But they're very, very similar teams. Teams that should be good, but their quarterback situation is not very good. And again, like we talked about, this is a Browns team that has not done anything in a very, very long time. So the fact that Baker Mayfield and the Browns not only crushed the Steelers in the playoffs last year, but almost beat the Chiefs in Kansas City last year, and probably should have. That romanticism around Baker Mayfield grew so much to the point of this isn't even this is insane that we're even having this conversation that Baker Mayfield is better than every quarterback in the NFL apart from maybe Patrick Mahomes. And I understand it. I mean, the Bills have had a crap ton of quarterbacks my entire lifetime. Like it's you're we're talking to the same thing. We're speaking on the same thing right here. But the Baker Mayfield better than Josh Allen thing, which should have been dead after year two, is like so far gone at this point. Like, just look at this is one of the most insane things I've seen. Josh Allen has 40 touchdowns this season. Baker Mayfield has 43 over the past two seasons. This is total touchdowns. Josh Allen has, I think, 34 passing touchdowns, 6 rushing touchdowns. Baker Mayfield has 43 total touchdowns over two seasons. And then the comment on this tweet said, are people actually arguing whether Baker's better than Allen? Yes, they were. Not anymore, thankfully. Those people have automatically all gotten off of Twitter, which has been very nice, finally. But man, 
And Josh, this just for fun, like Josh Allen is one of what five quarterbacks to ever have back-to-back 44, 34 passing touchdowns and 4,000 plus passing yards in consecutive seasons. He's up there with Rodgers, Manning, Breeze, and Tom Brady, who's done it twice in two different. Like, did it with the Bucks and he did it with the Patriots. Josh Allen's one of five quarterbacks to ever do that. And there were actually conversations that Baker Mayfield was better than Josh Allen this offseason. How ridiculous is that? Like, this isn't something that's been dead for a while. No, this has been something that gets talked about on Twitter quite a bit. And most people now are starting to wake up a little bit that Josh Allen's easily a top five and an arguably a top three quarterback in the NFL and Baker might not be a top 32 at this point. If I went through all the teams in the NFL, which quarterback would I take Baker Mayfield over? I wouldn't take him over Josh Allen. I We're talking about rookie. I might exclude rookies because I think that's a little unfair to judge rookies on a guy that's played in the NFL for four years. So I'm not. I'm going to exclude the Patriots, Jets, Jags, uh, Bears, 49ers. No, no. I guess. Well, I know Trey Lance started last week. I'm not going to include Trey uh, Davis Mills in there either, for the Texans. Like, I'm not taking. I'd probably take Tua. Maybe twist my arm a little bit. Not taking over Lamar. Not Burrow. Not even Big Ben. Probably at this point. Not taking over Wentz. Not taking him over Ryan Tannehill. Teddy. Yeah, probably take him over Teddy Bridgewater. Not Mahomes, not Derek Carr, not Justin Herbert, not Murray, not Matt Stafford, not Garoppolo or Lance, not Russell Wilson, not Matt Ryan. And you can take him over Sam. Would you take him over Sam Darnold, Cam Newton? Maybe. You're twisting your arm a little bit. Saints, would you take him over Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston? Maybe. Not take him over Brady. Goff? Maybe. Twist your arm a little bit more. Packers, Rodgers, hell no. Kirk Cousins, no. Dak, no. Jalen Hurts, no. Taylor Heineke? I don't know. The Washington football team have a lot less talent on their roster, and they seem more competitive than the Browns do. They didn't even look like they tried last night until the last two minutes of the game. It was awful. <laughs> and then you got Daniel Jones, who you can make a real argument that him and Baker are like the same person, except Daniel Jones is more athletic. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, I'll give Baker all the credit in the world for his toughness. That's super cool. Super tough guy. It's fun to look at you and go, I'm tougher than you. Cool. Good on you. What are you going to do? <laughs> What's that going to get you apart from street cred? Maybe. I'm not good at my job, but I'm tough as nails. Okay, we'll take you as our starting quarterback. Yeah, there. last night, it was awful. And I saw another thing. I want to see if I can find Baker Mayfield became the first player in the NFL this season to throw 10 straight incompletions in a game. 10 straight. First this season. (laughs) Oh, man. Baker, again, it was seen as a reach when he got drafted first overall anyways in 2018. It seems even crazier looking back at the fact that they lied, or not, I guess lied, I guess that's the technical term we could use here. They tried to play the game to say they wanted Josh Allen, when in reality, they didn't want Josh Allen at all. They were just wanting the Bills to trade up with them because they had two first-round picks. They had the first and the fourth pick. They were trying to get the Bills to trade up from 12? 12. To move up to four to get Josh Allen. Because they are like, oh, we're going to take Josh Allen, we're going to take Josh Allen, we're going to take Josh Allen. Nope, never did. They took Baker Mayfield. So now looking at that, if we're talking about like the Bears and Trubisky over Mahomes, 
this has to get thrown in a similar category here. Because I wouldn't even really say that Baker's that much better than Mitch Trubisky. Like, in reality, what does Baker really, other than toughness, what does Baker do better than Mitch Trubisky? And we bashed Mitch Trubisky for years because they drafted him over him. And everybody called him a bust, which we never, we were like, stop doing that. Dude got to two playoff appearances in four years. He's not a bust. And people are comparing him to Marcus Russell and Ryan Leaf, dudes that lasted three years in the NFL, and this guy made two playoff appearances over the same span? Yeah, they're not the same. They're not the same at all. Trubisky hate got really ridiculous. Baker's got to go on the same thing here. If we bash Trubisky like that, people better start nailing down at Baker Mayfield for passing on Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. You passed on you passed on Mahomes and Watson for Trubisky. You passed on ba- you passed on Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson for Baker Mayfield. And the only reason he was really drafted first overall, from what the stories are, John Dorsey and Hugh Jackson, two legendary people in front office and coaching circles, went into Oklahoma's pro day and he did some stupid cheer and that got the whole that got the whole place rocking. Loved that from him. But guess what? John Dorsey and Hugh Jackson aren't there in Cleveland anymore. When you draft a quarterback as a head coach and as a GM, you are forever connected. Your jobs rely on the success of that quarterback generally. I know there's odd cases like Trubisky didn't work out in Chicago. They traded him away or cut, let him go. Ryan Pace somehow kept his job. Don't, don't know how. Matt Nagy wasn't there when they drafted him. And in Cleveland, John Dorsey got fired after like a year and a half, and Hugh Jackson somehow kept his job for back-to-back years after winning one game and tying one and losing 31. Somehow that was allowed to happen. Or 30. He went one thirty and one I don't know how the hell that was supposed to happen, but it did. And then they hired Freddie Kitchens because of Baker Mayfield. Like, it's over. Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski have no prior affiliations to Baker Mayfield. And if you look at his contract year, which is coming up, what the hell kind of contract is he going to get? He ain't getting nothing near what Josh Allen's getting in Buffalo. Nothing near. So what the hell kind of contract are we looking at for Baker Mayfield? And I really, just as a, I have really no issues with Baker Mayfield. But it's gotten to the point now where I'm not even going to try and defend. He's not very good. He's not. Like, all the Browns needed from Baker this season was consistency. Because this team is very complete, as we talked about. But again, they've had injuries, so I understand the kind of. I'll give him somewhat benefit of the doubt here. But that's all they needed to do through 17 touchdowns and 13 picks. Duke completed 60% of his passes. In his second year in the league, Baker threw 22 touchdowns and 21 picks. He's never been over 30 touchdowns. This year, he's not even going to make it over 20 touchdowns. Is he throwing three touchdowns against the Bengals? The, how the Bengals are playing right now, not the Bengals team that they played earlier in the season where he only threw two touchdowns? And he's not even playing. He's not playing. So I guess that, yeah, they announced he's done. So yeah, he's not playing anyway. So he's getting shoulder surgery. But man... I don't know what the Browns are going to do in regards to their offseason, in regards to the quarterback position, but next year it can't be Baker. It can't be. I don't know if you can even justify 
bringing him back as the starting quarterback for the Browns. What what has he done this year that makes you go, yeah, this is the starter for the future? Other than romanticizing the whole situation and going, this is the guy that got him a playoff win and almost beat the Chiefs. One game away from the AFC Championship game. Like, one play. Chad Henney rushed for a first down. They were one play away from making it there. But it's not great. I don't think Kevin Stefanski, after looking at this roster, and Andrew Barry looking at this and going, wow, we even built a pretty nice roster. But now we got to talk about paying Baker. And then the problem is, what we got with Baker, where the hell does he go if he doesn't stay in Cleveland? Is he one of those guys that is just going to be a backup for the rest of his career? Is he going to have a one-year like sabbatical like Mitch Trubisky has in Buffalo? I don't know where he's going to go. What team would use Baker Mayfield and be an instant upgrade on their starting quarterback position? Because there's people talking about Case Keenum's not that much worse than Baker Mayfield. If any worse than Baker Mayfield. It's like we talked about the teams before. What team is he realistically going to that would either A, give him a starting burst, or even B, take him on the roster as a backup? I don't know. I really don't know. I saw someone linking him to the Texans because he's just because he's from Texas. It's pretty nailed on link there. So why does he just go to the Cowboys? He's from closer to Dallas. At least that's what I, I think. I think he is. I could be wrong. Broncos. Again, he's kind of an upgrade on Teddy Bridgewater. Kind of. He's upgrade on Drew Locke, but that's, that's not really saying a whole lot. Go to Washington. He's got the toughness like Ron Rivera likes in his quarterbacks. But him and Taylor Heineke aren't that much different. You can make an argument Taylor Heineke's better. So I don't know. I really don't know. The Browns, I mean, Russell Wilson last offseason basically gave his teams that he wants to go to. And the Seahawks didn't make the playoffs this year. It's their first losing season with Russell Wilson as their starting quarterback. They might clean house. They have no picks. They're kind of getting in that NFL draft purgatory that the Houston Texans are in. Or not anymore, what they were in last year. Where they didn't have a pick till the third round. Thanks to Jamal Adams, and for some reason trading them for a first-round pick for Jamal Adams, <laughs> he got no first-round picks. He had the seventh overall pick right now. That belongs to the New York Jets. So do you trade Russell Wilson to someone like the Browns, who right now I think have the 13th pick? Could be wrong. I think it's somewhere like 13th, 13th or 14th pick. Let's check. Hold on. Thirteenth, yeah, they had the thirteenth pick. So you trade Russell Wilson there, and then draft a quarterback because you can get a pretty decent quarterback there. I'm assuming Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral be off the board at that time. I don't. Do I think they deservedly should be top ten picks? Probably not. But if you look at teams in the top ten, like Carolina and Washington. Probably going to be looking at a quarterback in those top 10 picks. So I think Matt Corral and Kenny Pickett will be gone by those picks. And then Denver at 11. And then Cleveland at 13. There is, I guess you can make an argument that the Falcons could draft a quarterback here, but I really doubt they would. Maybe the Texans, but I doubt that one as well. So you've got two teams that are guaranteed to draft a quarterback. The Broncos are a maybe. They might try to go out and sign someone or trade for someone, but I think they'll probably draft one based on how much George Payton's been around scouting and all that. And then you got the Browns at 13. So could we trade Russell Wilson to the Browns? He's from that area. They passed on him before. So why not try and get him now? You are very close 
to being a good team. Very close. The Steelers will be looking for a new quarterback this offseason. Who knows what they're going to be next year? The Ravens have been up and down this year like freaking crazy. I don't know. The Bengals running away with this division? <laughs> the Browns are a better team all around than every team in the AFC North. We're talking about all around, complete teams. They are better than every team in the AFC North. They don't have a quarterback. You could say the Bengals have better weapons than them. The Steelers have a better secondary, maybe. Everything else, they're probably better. They just need a quarterback. And you can get wide receivers in the second round. The Browns have an early second round pick. They pick 43rd or 45th. So if you don't trade away your second round pick, you get Russell Wilson in the first round, get someone like David Bell in the second round, you're sitting pretty. If I'm Cleveland, I'm all over that. And I'm pretty sure someone like Andrew Barry would do that. Now, I have seen something of them getting linked to Kirk Cousins because of the fact that Kevin Stefanski came up from Minnesota, came down from Minnesota. I don't think that'll happen. I mean, I think the Kirk Cousins hate gets a little too... I, I don't get it, necessarily. How much hate Kirk Cousins get on a daily basis doesn't really make sense to me. Do I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time? No. Do I think he's the sole purpose the Vikings are losing these games? No. That's how it seems like on Twitter, though. The Vikings are talented. They need help on the O-line still and definitely need help with the secondary. I don't think their quarterback situation is something they're going to be really looking at this offseason unless you want Kellen Mond to get more reps, which I personally would like to see Kellen Mond play more. I hate the fact that Sean Mannion is starting. It pisses me off because Kellen Mond's got more talent and is left pinky than current Sean Mannion does. Sean Mannion was a baller at Oregon State. I'm not going to take anything away from his Oregon State days, but at, in the Vikings and the NFL, I ain't really having it. I ain't, I ain't really having it here. Yeah, do it. Trade for Russell Wilson. Seahawks look like they might clear house. Maybe send Baker to Seattle. Maybe that works. But all I know is the Browns are too good of an overall team to be stuck in this quarterback purgatory with Baker Mayfield. And if he's just really tough, but not that good, he's not that much better than his backup and not much better than about 27 other starters in the NFL. And if you look back at the 2018 draft class, that top 10 reeks. You've got Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and Josh Rosen all in the top 10. All of them maybe are backups next year in the NFL. And you got Josh Allen, who was picked seventh. Like, you know what the old saying is? You'd rather be, you'd rather be lucky than good? This is the prime example of that. Brown said they wanted Josh Allen. Turns out it was a smokescreen to get the Bills to trade up with them. Browns took Baker. Jets took Sam. Bills got Josh Allen. All worked out beautifully. Bills got their quarterback situation figured out. Browns need to figure out theirs. Like the Jets, they they got... Um, uh, what's the GM's name? The old GM. Mike. Mike. Uh, whatever his name. Mike. And... Oh, Scott. Todd Bowles were the head coach and the GM at the time when they drafted him. Those two gone... Current and then the, they fired Adam Gase too. No, the GM that they had, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, had no connections to Sam Darnold. They want to draft their guy. Now the Browns could draft their guy, but might as well just go out and get a quarterback like Russell Wilson if you have the capabilities to do that. So the Browns don't have a pick to where it be this is a primo spot to get a quarterback. Maybe Sam Howell's the guy. I mean, it's a Baker Mayfield clone with a stronger arm, more mobile. That's about it. 
Maybe he's the guy there. Maybe you get Desmond Ritter. He's from Cincinnati or went to college at Cincinnati at least. Maybe you get him. Maybe you draft Bailey Zappi in the third round. Maybe that's what happens. But if I'm the Browns, I'm trading for Russell. Trading for Russell, getting a receiver in the second round if you somehow keep that pick and move forward. And from like that, you're winning the division. If that's what happens. Now, will it happen? Probably not. But that's what I think should happen for the Cleveland Browns to get to back to the playoffs, let alone just back to winning a division. Good Lord. But yeah, that's what the Baker Mayfield thing is going to be an interesting follow the rest of the offseason. Oh, man. GM and head coach have no affiliation with him. If they don't like him, they're going to move on. I, I don't think anybody should really have an issue or I'd be really surprised by me saying that right now. Oh, man. Well, while we're on the top, well, let's move off of bashing on Baker Mayfield. Let's move on to something more positive. I completely stole this from another podcast. I don't really listen to podcasts that much, but I listen or watch YouTube videos. I watch clips of podcasts on YouTube. And it's a few people that I like. They hang out with some YouTubers that I watch. So I was like, oh, I'll tune in. And they had something that was like revealing our favorite players from every Premier League team. Now, there's only 20 Premier League teams. There's 32 NFL teams. So it's a little more taxing, I guess, that favorite player from every NFL team. So we got 32. We're going for each division. We're going to go all the way down. AFC North, South, East, West, NFC North, South, East, West. Name every player in the division. So Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, my favorite player. I love, like we said like we said before, when he's on, he is one of my top five favorite quarterbacks to watch. I love everything that Lamar Jackson does. He can be frustrating at times, yes. Is he the most consistent thrower ever? No. Should he be in the Pro Bowl over Josh Allen? Hell no. But you know what? It doesn't take away the fact that I still like Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson didn't get vote himself in the Pro Bowl. People voted him in. Voted him in. Like, I'm all about Lamar Jackson. I don't think there's a single player in the NFL that can turn a 15-yard sack into a 50-yard gain running the ball. I don't think anybody else can do that. He's got back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons, unanimous MVP. I don't want to hear people bashing Lamar Jackson. He is inconsistent, yes, but he is one of the most electrifying players in the NFL. He's awesome. He's awesome. Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow. I love watching Joe Burrow play. I love watching Joe Burrow play. I don't, and I've said this before, I don't think I've fallen in love more with a college football team that I could previously could have cared less about than that LSU team with Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Clyde Zolaire, Lloyd Cushenberry, Cushenberry, who's now in the Broncos, Derek Stingley, Grant Delpit. Like, you had all these really, really awesome players on this team. Thaddeus Moss was another one. Fun team. Clavon Chison. They had 14 players from that team either get drafted or signed in the NFL. That is ridiculous. That is the best college football team I've ever watched. I, that team was awesome. Joe Burrow, how he carries himself, is awesome. The cigar smoking vids after the end of the games is awesome. He was back at it again after the Bengals clinched their division. It was awesome. Like, Joe Burrow is that dude. And Jamar Chase, I love Jamar Chase too. So he's definitely number two, but Joe Burrow is that guy. I love watching Joe Burrow play. Cleveland, Wyatt Teller. Wyatt Teller got traded from the Bills as a, for a seventh round draft pick, I think, and has developed into one of the best guards in the NFL and just made his first Pro Bowl. And when you look at the Bills off the line, their weakest position on the O-line, what is it? Guard. And they traded two, they cut Quentin Spain, traded Wyatt Teller. Wyatt Teller plays guard, Quentin Spain plays guard. Both starters could be starters on the Bills, but you know what? They're not anymore. They're starters on other teams. And Wyatt Teller is a freaking baller. Pittsburgh Steelers, Najee Harris. 
Najee Harris is like this monster dude that moves so effortlessly. Like, it doesn't make any sense what he does. He's like 6'2", 220 pounds, jumping over defenders. One of the best receiving backs in the NFL is a rookie. Like, this dude is awesome. He's going to have to take a lot of ice baths this offseason because he was asked to do a whole hell of a lot for a pretty average Steelers team with no offensive line and an aging quarterback and very cancerous wide receivers or wide receiver. Uh, Deontay Johnson, I like him too. But Najee Harris, if I had to choose a favorite player on the Steelers, it would be him. uh, Houston Texans. Tyrod Taylor. I love Tyrod Taylor. I I will not say a whole lot about bad things about Tyrod Taylor other than the fact that he's not a franchise quarterback. That's about it. Like we said that when he got traded and people started to use the Buffalo's racist thing because they wanted Tyrod Taylor to get traded. They wanted a different quarterback. In hindsight, wow, you got one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL after trading Tyrod. And I love Tyrod Taylor. I'm not going to sit here and say he's a terrible quarterback. He's just not a franchise guy. He's very limited. I think he throws... One of the prettiest footballs in the NFL. It's a perfect spiral, damn near every single time. But he's not a star. He's not a franchise guy. It's a nice stopgap. He's a more athletic version of Alex Smith. We said that when he got traded a few years ago. He's not going to get you anywhere. He won't lose you any games. He's not going to throw any interceptions, but he ain't going to win you a lot of games either. Going to be around teetering around 500 with him as your starting quarterback, if he's that. But I, I, will, I like Tyrod Taylor a lot. Indianapolis Colts, neither Jonathan Taylor or Quentin Nelson. I couldn't really decide between the two. I put a dash between there. I think Jonathan Taylor is special. Jonathan Taylor is freaking ridiculous. And the fact that he almost got me a fantasy football win this year, awesome. Now, uh, spoiler, I did not win my fantasy football league this year. I came second. And I'm in another one that I made the championship in. And I'm looking like I'm going to come second that one thanks to Dalvin Cook getting 1.3 points and Dawson Knox and the Dolphins getting a grand total of zero this week. So between three players on my fantasy football team, the doubt. The Dolphins' defense, Dawson Knox and Dalvin Cook, I got a grand total of 1.3 points. Now, Najee played really well last night and scored a touchdown to steal the game off, so that worked out for me, but yeah, not not very fun. But Quentin Nelson and Jonathan Taylor are just awesome. Awesome players. Quentin Nelson came in the NFL as the best guard in the league. He's the first player in NFL history, apart from Barry Sanders, to make all-pro team his first three years of his NFL career. Special. Special player. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Josh Allen. Jaguars Josh Allen. I mean, his name's Josh Allen. He's drafted seventh overall like the Bills Josh Allen. I can't really say uh, Josh Allen's not my favorite player. Maybe C.J. Beathard, Iowa guy. So maybe he's up there too. Tennessee Titans, Kevin Byard. Kevin Byard's awesome. He's probably the best center fielder in the NFL. He always just has a nose for the ball. And it took me a little bit to figure out which player I'd like to say my favorite player in the Titans was because I'm not a really huge fan of the Titans. Uh, A.J. Brown's up there as well. I think he's a lot of fun to watch too. But Kevin Byard is a, a technician from the safety position. AFC East, Bills, Josh Allen. I don't really need to say a lot more about that. I think everybody knows at this point Josh Allen's my favorite player on the Bills. Miami Dolphins, Jalen Waddle. I love Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle is so electric. He's so much fun to watch. He can do everything you ask for him on the football field, whether it's the special teams, the run game, pass game, everything. And he might set a new record for most receptions by a rookie wide receiver. So we'll see how that one goes. Balling out. Sixth overall pick. Well chosen by Miami. New England Patriots. My least favorite team in the NFL, so it was kind of hard to pick a favorite player. I twisted my arm a little bit, but I picked Matthew Judon. Matthew Judon was, when you look at all the offseason moves the Patriots made, the only one that made me scared a little bit was Matthew Judon. The only one. I wasn't really fearful of Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, even bringing back Trent Brown. I was fearful of Matthew Judon. I did not like that they signed him. That one hurt. And he's a very, very, very good edge rusher. And he's proved that this year. New York Jets, 
I don't really have one, but I picked Zach Wilson. I defended Zach Wilson a lot this offseason. I think I feel kind of pretty vindicated by that in regards to him as a person. I don't think the personal attacks on Zach Wilson made this offseason had any basis other than the fact that his family's rich, which is a pretty stupid way to judge someone's character just based off the fact, oh, I know their family's rich. They must be an absolute asshat. Nope, that's not how this works. I think Zach Wilson's uber talented. Just wait for the Jets. Start getting some more pieces to help Zach Wilson become a better quarterback. And he's already looking really good, better as the season has gone on. Uh, AFC West, Broncos, Javante Williams. I love watching Javante Williams. He was a baller at North Carolina. He's splitting carries with Melvin Gordon, which I hope this next year that it's just him because he's he's good enough to be the bell cow. He is good enough to be the bell cow in Denver. I really like Javante Williams. Kansas City Chiefs, I don't really like this team either. Probably my second least favorite team in the NFL. But Tyreek Hill, if I had to watch a player on the Chiefs play, I would like to watch Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes are very fun to play, but I like Tyreek Hill more than Patrick Mahomes. Does that make sense? <laughs> I know I said it I love watching Patrick Mahomes play when he's on, but Tyreek Hill, I would say, is my favorite player on the Chiefs. Las Vegas Raiders, Nathan Peterman. Who else was it going to be? He's on the practice squad still, so I could say Nathan Peterman. Why would I say anybody else in the Raiders is my favorite player apart than Nathan Peterman? I love myself to Nathan Peterman. Chargers, Justin Herbert. One of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. He just broke Phillip Rivers' passing re- passing touchdowns in a season record. He just threw for 35. Record was 34. Holds almost every single rookie passing record. Just keeps getting better and better and better and better. They got a good one over there in Los Angeles. Moving over to the NFC, uh, the Chicago Bears, J- Jason Peters. I don't know how this dude's still kicking it. Dude's like 40 years old. Has played in the NFL pretty much my entire life and is still starting at left tackle in the NFL. I love that Jason Peters is kicking it in the NFL. He was on the Bills. One of my least favorite moves the Bills did, was, or hit, one of my least favorite moments in the NFL history was him going to the Eagles. That hurt. I did not like that. And he balled out with the Eagles, so I'm not going to say anything bad about Jason Peters, but I, I like myself some Jason Peters. Lions, TJ Hawkinson. I mean, he's an Iowa guy. I can't really say anything bad about TJ. He's from Iowa, too. He wore his University of Iowa tuxedo to the draft. Like This dude's just an Iowan through and through. The hair's awesome. The glasses, he looks like freaking blondie version of John Lennon. I'm all about TJ Hawkinson. He's the best player on the Lions, and I hope to see him keep doing better as the years go on. Packers, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we've already talked about Aaron Rodgers enough on the show. I love Aaron Rodgers. Vikings, Justin Jefferson. Awesome to watch. Awesome to watch Justin Jefferson. And I think the crazy part about it is the, the Justin Jefferson and Stephon Diggs basically swap deal is that if the Bills didn't trade for Stephon Diggs, they were going to take Justin Jefferson. It was either Jefferson or T. Higgins. Those were the two wide receivers they were mostly linked with, but that was with the idea that Justin Jefferson was not going to be available by the time the Bills picked at 22. So T. Higgins would have been the pick for the Bills at 22 if not for Justin Jefferson. But that's one of the more even trades in NFL history. The Justin Jefferson for Stephon Diggs trade. Worked out very well for both teams. Justin Jefferson's a baller. Uh, NFC South, Falcons, Cordero Patterson. This dude does everything. Dude literally does everything. Special teams, running back, wide receiver. He's like 230 pounds returning kicks at 30-something years old. Dude is awesome. Love watching Cordero. Come to Buffalo next year. Panthers, Christian McCaffrey. I've been on the record numerous times saying he's the best running back when healthy in the NFL. I don't think there's anybody that comes close to being able to do what he does with the ball in his hands. I know people can go with, oh, you got Derrick Henry being able to brush people off like nothing, run people over like semi-trucks. But Christian McCaffrey is the best receiver out of the backfield in the NFL. I think the only one that comes close is Alvin Kamara. Unless I'm forgetting something. Like, if we're talking about number one backs, because I know you could throw in, like, Duke Johnson's a very good receiver out of the backfield. Yeah, but he's not 
a number one running back. He's a nice rotational piece, nice third down back. Christian McCaffrey, on his day, when healthy, is the best running back in the NFL. He's one of three players ever to have 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving. He's insane. Christian McCaffrey is untouchable. If he stays healthy, he's the best running back in the NFL. I don't care what anybody says. And that's even better than Derek, than Dalvin, than Kamara, than Jonathan Taylor, than Nick Chubb, than Joe Mixon. I'd take Christian McCaffrey over all of them. New Orleans Saints, speaking of one of them, (laughs) Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara has got the dark visor. He's got the nose ring. He's got the dreads. He's a bigger dude. He's like six foot, 200 pounds. Like he's a big back. Awesome to watch. Alvin Kamara is awesome to watch. That Christmas game last year against the Vikings, beautiful game. Beautiful, beautiful. One of the best receiving backs in the NFL. My two favorite running backs in the NFL are Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. So I will not say a lot of bad things about them. And Jonathan Taylor's up there as well. Buccaneers Tristan Wirfs came in pretty much the best right tackle in the NFL, or one of them. I guess you could throw in someone like, is Ryan Ramchick a right tackle? I think Ryan Ramchick's a right tackle. I can't remember if he's left or right. It's him and Armstead's the left or right. I can't remember which one's which, but they're both up there. Both of them are up there. But I, Tristan Wirfs, for where they got him at 13, with three other tackles going before him, with Tristan Wirfs, to me, being the best tackle out of the three, out of the four, and the Giants taking <laughs> Andrew Thomas, yeah, I, I'm like myself some Tristan Wirfs, even though... He plays with Tom Brady and all that stuff. And he's an Iowan. He's from Mount Vernon. He's an Iowa guy. At least I, I believe he's from Mount Vernon. Uh, Cowboys, Trayvon Diggs. His son Aiden's awesome. That's the first thing I like to say. Trayvon Diggs, fun player to watch. Defensive player of the year this year. No, you can't have 11 interceptions and give up 1,000 yards receiving. That doesn't really float on this boat here. I bet he'll finish second, but he shouldn't win the award, especially with TJ Watt one sack away from the all-time record. Uh, New York Giants, <laughs> Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon's awesome. How do you not like Mike Glennon? Mike Glennon finessed the Chicago Bears. Somehow got an insane amount of money from the Bears and they drafted Trubisky and he's got the best neck to head ratio in the game. Mike Glennon might be the ugliest player in the NFL, but he's he's played a few games. He had a rotter of a game against the Bears this past weekend. But you know what? Doesn't change the fact I love Mike, Mike Glennon. Sticking on, I don't know if you want to call it meme players, but Eagles, Reed Sinnott. I mean, who else? He's the greatest high school quarterback of all time. Uh, now he's on the Eagles. He was on the Bucks. Learned from Philip from Tom Brady. Then he went to the Dolphins. Almost took to a spot, and they're like, "Oh, we got to get rid of him. Otherwise, he's going to take our starting job." So Greer was like, uh, "We can't have him benching a first round draft pick. Trade him to Philly." And now he's up there, of course, competing with the likes of Jalen Hurts for the starting job. And then I would trade him to the Broncos next year so he could start for Denver. That's the ultimate dream here. But I'll <laughs> read, yeah, I'm a fair player on the Eagles. Watch the football team, Brandon Scherf, Iowa guy. Can't really say much about him either. I mean, it's from, I believe he's from Denison. Like, Brandon Scherf, another Iowan. Top five pick in the draft, best tackle in college football, moved into guard, one of the best guards in the NFL. Like, awesome. Love Chris, Brandon Wirth. Brandon Scherf, good Lord. I keep combining him and Wirth. Great players, doesn't matter. A- NFC West, Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray. Love watching Kyler Murray. We already said that before. Love watching Kyler Murray. I was talking to my dad about this last night. It's so crazy thinking about the fact that he almost chose baseball. Isn't that still crazy? He got drafted ninth overall by the A's. And that was like the entire offseason was, is he going to play baseball? Crazy how that worked out. And now he's the best, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, I think he made the right choice. Rams, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, if you were talking about best player regardless of position in the NFL, you'd probably say Aaron Donald. 
if you're being honest, you probably say Aaron Donald's the best overall player in the NFL. Dude's dominant. He's been dominant my entire life from the interior D line position. How many sacks he gets is freaking stupid. I don't know how he does it as dominantly as he does. Dude trains with knives. Like Aaron Donald's awesome. I will not say a lot of bad things about Aaron Donald ever. Uh, the 49ers, I mean, come on. I mean, you knew I was going to pick George Kittle. <laughs> but I don't even think I needed to say 49ers. You go, yeah, Logan's favorite player on the Niners, George Kittle. Best tight end in football. Best blocker tight end in football. Best run blocker in the NFL next to Quentin Nelson, probably. I love George Kittle. George is freaking awesome. And the problem is, I wish he was this good at Iowa. <laughs> he was nowhere this good at Iowa. But he's dominant in the NFL. Awesome player. And Seahawks, Russell Wilson. I think he's very cringy but he's a very good quarterback. One of the more underrated quarterbacks throughout NFL history. I don't think he gets as much love as he should have get should get. I know apart from Colin Coward who overrates him to a very high degree, don't really understand how that one works where he said he was the best player in the NFL. Never really understood that one. But I do think he's a very, very good quarterback and I'm intrigued to see how he does with the Browns next, off, next season. So yeah, I think that's all I've got for you today. I, I enjoyed this show. This is one of my favorite shows I've done in a while. We bash some people. We made up for it by saying we love these people. Like, hey, we got, we got, we we went through all emotions today. We went through the lows and then we came up through the highs. That means Friday we're back to the lows. No, I'm kidding. Friday we are going to talk about my top ten players per position in the 2022 NFL Draft. I finished it up today. I'm going to get done with some of the the reasonings behind each things today. And I will get those done before Friday's show, so that'll be freaking awesome to see how that one turns out. We get the top 50 players in there as well. And while we're looking at draft players, there was a move that happened in college football that really surprised me. Uh, Caleb Williams, Oklahoma's quarterback, is transferring. Uh, that came out of freaking nowhere. I did not, I, I didn't see this happening. I, I really didn't see this happening. I mean, Oklahoma got caught a nuke. This past offseason with Lincoln Riley leaving and taking all the recruits with him to USC. But good Lord, they lost both their starting quarterbacks. Spencer Rattler is, like, for some reason in South Carolina. And then Caleb Williams is either going to go to Georgia or USC. Maybe Iowa. Who's saying he won't? <laughs> a lot of people. But it's that is a crazy move. And I'm on ESPN right now, and Paul Feinbaum, Williams' decision, one of the most amazing moves in college football history. It's one of them. It's one of them. I don't know who's going to be Oklahoma's quarterback next year. I would not be shocked if Caleb Williams went to USC with the, the reaction of Lincoln Riley and his wife after they beat Texas. It's a crazy move. I did not. That came out of freaking the left field. I did not see that at all. If you did, congrats on you. I thought he was staying. But hey, Brent Venables has got some work to do at Oklahoma. I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see how he does. And uh, I don't know 100% if we're going to see Brian Kelly's coaching debut tonight. Is that what we're doing tonight? Or are we going to wait next year? Because LSU's playing Kansas State in the Texas Bowl. So I don't know if we get another new head coach playing coaching in his first game. But we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But yeah, I think that's all we've got for you today on the Logan Black. Oh, this came out today. It's good. The Washington football team are announcing their new team name. And... February 2nd, 2022. So get your popcorn out for that one, ladies and gentlemen. Washington rebrand name won't be Wolves or Red Wolves, which is good because I didn't like either one of those names. I would like them to be the Red Tails, but that's just me. I would also like them to be the Foreskins. I think the Foreskins would be a more on-brand name for the Washington football team than anything else. 
Now, I'd also be perfectly fine if they just kept Washington football team. I, I've come around to that name. Ever since they, when they first announced, it's like, oh, that's just lazy. But as the years have gone on, I was like, that's yeah, not that bad. I, I don't mind it that much at all. I actually kind of like it. But if we're talking about, like, the people that are running the organization, I think Washington Foreskins fits very well. And the Foreskins, my fantasy team, we came second. Washington, and I don't think they'd be finishing second in anything other than <laughs> best name in football. I don't know. They'd No, they'd be the best if they were the Foreskins, but that's... That came up today. I kind of forgot about that. And I was like, oh, wait, there was something else I want to talk about before we end of the day's show. But yeah. Oh, man. And Antonio Brown still has a show to practice two days. He's on a Nets game last night. So yeah, see what Antonio Brown does. And the Bills trading for Antonio Brown thing popped up in my social media feed yesterday. And I forgot about this part. AB commented and said fake news on the Instagram post. So that's kind of funny how that all worked out. Yeah. If you, don't have, if you trade for AB, Bills don't have Stephon Diggs. Crazy to think how things could have turned out differently. But that's all I've got for you today on this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I do hope you enjoyed the show. If you did not, I can only apologize. We'll try to do better next show. I think this show went really well. If you didn't like it, that's whatever. It's on you. Screw you if you didn't like the show. But, hey, it's all that matters is that I enjoyed it because it's my show. But I did hope you do enjoy it. If not, again, I'm just going to keep repeating myself. But make sure you go and follow Logan Blackman on all forms of social media. We already said them at the beginning, but if you forgot them, Logan underscore Blackman's the Twitter account. Blackman Logan's my personal Instagram account with the Logan Blackman Show. One is the show's account. Search the Logan Blackman Show on Facebook and YouTube. Subscribe to both. Give a thumbs up on YouTube or on Facebook. And since you're listening to it right now, make sure you're following the Apple Podcast and Spotify account and give a rating out of five stars on Apple Podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. And with that, I will see you all later. Get ready for some prospect rankings on Friday. Peace.